1: Welcome Spurs fans to another Lockdown Spurs right here on the Locked Podcast Network. I am Jeff Garcia and we continue our tribute to Tim Duncan because he deserves He probably deserves like every day, every year from this point going forward, a tribute to him for what he's done for the game of basketball, the NBA, and pretty much set the gold standard for what all players should strive for. But as uh, you know, I was struggling to think of a topic like what more can you talk about a legend like Tim Duncan and what he's done for San Antonio when it hit me what if he left what if he had left the Spurs oh early on in his career to a team out in Florida named the Magic that's right there was a time where Tim Duncan almost pulled a Durant and took off on the Spurs so to talk about that I go to once again Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic and the Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, Phil was my very first guest here on this new show. so welcome back, Phil.
0: Good to be back and uh, I don't know, do I say congratulations or, or my condolences? Um, you know I'm still he, think I still think I'm in mourning that that there won't be Tim Duncan next year.
1: You, you know what I, I think I've already come to the point where I accepted it. I think what he did today uh, speaking with his best buddy from the Virgin Islands in that very informal uh, interview gave closure and of course you probably read the letter that he left on uh, spurs.com right bill yes yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: Yeah, so i think it
0: was quintessential tim duncan
1: yeah i think the closure has come Uh, i I think i think he needed to do that not just for spurs fans but for all nba fans or all fans of his i mean for what he's done to for the game and the lasting legacy he leaves behind
0: yeah and you know, he's like, I mean, I'll tell my personal story before we dive into to the topic that we're going to discuss. Uh, Tim Duncan was the first non-Magic jersey that I ever owned. Like, I just, I loved Tim Duncan so much. And, you know, I, I always admired him. I always appreciated his game. I always appreciated those Spurs teams uh, for being so good and, and dominating, you know, time in the NBA that, frankly, wasn't very good they were but they were still the best and they always found a way to evolve and duncan always found a way to evolve and he's he's one of my favorite players of all time a guy that influenced my own game even though i'm not 610 with ridiculously long arms and incredible basketball sense um i i always i was the guy i was the kid that wanted to be tim duncan and so uh you know they I, i was watching i was at home working yesterday and uh, something on Twitter alerted me that his, you know, near quadruple double game was on NBA TV, and I stopped what I was doing and flipped it on and just watched it again. And it was oh, just wow. incredible, incredible to watch watch him at it, you know, near his peak again. And
1: yeah,
0: uh, I hope NBA TV does a Tim Duncan week where they show all of his best games.
1: Yeah, uh, I know. Soon. Prime Tim Duncan was almost unstoppable. Almost yeah. unstoppable. He was just a, a a phenom on the court. But you, you know what was interesting during his uh, in, uh, informal interview with his buddy today, he actually said he never grew up learning a post game. Wow. As, yeah, he actually That's said incredible. that. Yeah, he he actually admitted. He said when he was up and coming, you know, high school, you know, barely learning the game, that his first lessons in basketball was how to have a face up game how to play on the perimeter. And he said he didn't learn a post game until he went to college.
0: Huh. I mean, I knew he got to basketball late um, because he was a swimmer before, but that's still, I mean,
1: that's just amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. A guy who, uh, I mean, maybe he didn't sprout uh, when, when he was younger until maybe he was getting closer towards his college years. You know, that could have been it, but you know, his, if you, by the way, if you have not seen or listened to his interview, um, saying goodbye to all NBA fans, uh, you should go definitely go check it out. Just Google uh, Tim Duncan interview, um, uh, something along those lines, you know, with the Virgin Islands, because it's actually with the Virgin Islands radio show. And there it is once again. Phil remembering his roots, he gives yeah. the exclusive to his best friend who runs a radio station back home in the Virgin Islands.
0: That that's Tim Duncan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and before we dive into the topic real fast, Phil, because I don't know if you, you heard his interview, but I tuned in and get this. So he selected number one overall in the NBA draft back in, what, 97? 97, yeah. In New York City, I believe it was in New York. I, I Don't quote me that. Regard, it doesn't matter where it was at because what does he do to celebrate the fact he went number one? Has a pizza party. A pizza party with his friends and his family back at the hotel room. He didn't go out. He didn't go clubbing. He didn't go get drunk. He didn't pop champagne, corks flying everywhere. A pizza party, Phil.
0: That's that's why you got to love Tim Duncan.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of loving Tim Duncan, you probably would have loved him probably exponentially <laughs> more than what you already do if uh, he took his talents to Florida. And just a quickly brief – briefly, I'm sorry, tell the fans in case they've been living under a rock for years, back in the summer of 2000, Tim Duncan was a free agent. And he was being wooed heavily and hard by the Orlando Magic. Now, you know why Phil's here now, Spurs fans. Uh, it was close. Back in that time, if you felt correct if I'm wrong, um, Doc Rivers, Tracy McGrady, I know Doc Rivers was already there. They had already yeah. they were wooing Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, which I believe they already made commitments to Orlando. Uh,
0: Grant Hill, I mean, at, at the time Grant Hill uh, made his commitment to Orlando pretty quickly <laughs> and was pretty instrumental in recruiting Tim Duncan. Uh, you know, I I have heard so many stories about the recruitment of Tim Duncan uh, by the Orlando Magic and and some of the things that they that they did to try and get him to come to get him to come to Orlando. Uh, I've, I've heard a story. Uh, I know they had billboards up in town. I remember seeing those. I know they had a big, you know, like kind of cut out put up in the, uh, in the, in the practice facility that the magic practiced out of with photos of Tim Duncan, Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady in magic uniforms. It was just kind of a imagine the future type thing. Um, I, 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 know, I don't know if this story is true, but I like telling it cause it's, it's a good story. Um, I, I remember hearing the story that the Magic helicopter Duncan from a practice facility in outside of Orlando to uh, to the to the neighborhood that Tiger Woods lives in. They had Duncan get off the get off the the helicopter and and Tiger Woods was there. And this is this is 2000 Tiger Woods, so this is like right dad is yeah, just his about peak. to do the Tiger Slam. Uh, and they had and Tiger chatted with him and and like. Shot and hit golf balls with him. I have no clue if that's true, but I, I know they met. I know they met, and they used Tiger Tiger as part of the marketing plan. But they, that was certainly part of things. Um, there's this story. I mean, there's this, there's a lot of stories about how the Magic kind of courted him, and they they did this big blitz. And Duncan didn't want to leave. They they extended his stay a night in in, in Grand Rapids, where the the DeVos family uh, operates out of, and their understanding was it was done um that the that that he was going to sign with the magic uh john gabriel the the gm at the time was on a local radio station here on on monday uh after the announcement just kind of discussing you know discussing you know duncan and discussing this kind of intersection between duncan and the magic and he said you know his agent at the time and i forget who it was but his agent at the time told told gabriel duncan's going to sign uh, it's it's a done deal, and of course the magic didn't get the last word in. Uh, of course, of course, and uh, the rest the rest was history.
1: Yeah, and the rest was history. But y- you know, looking back, I mean, actually looking forward to the present day. Nowadays, that's almost common. Back in two thousand, it was almost it was beginning, maybe starting to, but it hadn't really jumped yet where major mega superstars like a tim duncan like lebron james dwayne wade would uh jump ship and leave the franchise that they uh, were drafted by and were making their legacy and uh, that was unheard of you saw shaq do it sorry phil no, you saw you saw <laughs> yeah you saw dwight howard do it about well, you might be rejoicing you're, over only, that. You're, only,
0: you're only you're only you're only naming magic players here yeah uh <laughs>
1: So uh, you, you heard that, but Tim Duncan could have been one of the first ever uh, big name marquee franchise players to leave a small town market, San Antonio, then and jump to another, uh, you know, another organization like the Magic. So, do you think that had he done that? Oh, by the way, before we continue with Phil real fast, so I we need to put some closure on this story. So Phil. So after <laughs> a, after um, you, know, you know the Magic were pretty much it's a done deal. That was the sentiment that Duncan is going to be a Magic, and then obviously Pop Robinson they did their final pitch to uh, to TD. He ended up staying in San Antonio. What was the aftermath like? How did how did the Magic uh, brass take that? And McGrady and Hill, how did they feel knowing that they were that close to having TD? in blue and white?
0: Uh, well, you know, it, it was definitely a big hit, and, and everyone knew Duncan was was the big prize that summer. But the Magic were still bringing in a guy in Grant Hill who, um, they, I mean, unbeknownst to them, injuries would, would sap his career and kind of ruin the contract that he signed in Orlando. But uh, at the time, Grant Hill was one of the biggest players in the league. So the Magic were already bringing in an all-star, a superstar, and then they added a young guy in Tracy McGrady who showed a lot in the playoffs and really looked like he was about to take his next step. And obviously he did as well. And so they had these two cornerstones to their franchise. So it was a difference between, you know, having a, a really good chance at competing in a, in a watered down Eastern conference at the time to, you know, definitely competing for championships every year. But you know, John Gabriel won Executive of the Year that summer for for bringing in Hill and McGrady. Uh, the Magic finished with the seven seed. They they made a return to the playoffs after a after a year absence. Uh, kind of rebuilding their whole the whole team on the fly. I mean, the year before they surprised everyone going forty one and forty one with a with a team of castoffs. Um, missed the playoffs about a game, and then redid the entire roster to go after these big name players and the Magic. I mean, if you look at all the cap, you know, things that like the Golden State Warriors have done, that that so many teams have done, the Magic helped kind of revolutionize a lot of that with what they did in in two thousand in the summer of two thousand to go after this kind of original big three in free agency, and and they nearly pulled it off. So, uh, you know, yeah, Orlando missed out on the biggest fish, but they still got two pretty big fish, and cemented their franchise for you know nearly a decade after that. You know, for for better and for worse, as it turned out.
1: Yeah, you know, but looking back, if you had to put a percentage on it, would you say Duncan was almost ninety nine point nine percent sure he was going to leave San Antonio, or was that still that feeling like, yeah, we're rejoicing, you know, on the radio, like you said, um, they're on the radio talking about Tim Duncan. Uh, he's all wrapped up. He's coming in. But was that still was there still that seed of doubt that TD might back out?
0: Uh, you know, I, I don't recall there being that doubt. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I was, you know, probably still a little young and, and still kind of wrapping my head around the, the idea of free agency. Um, but, you know, I think the thought was, yeah, we have it. It's, it seems like we have Duncan, but nothing's done until it's signed. You got to remember that there wasn't Twitter uh, at the time. The moratorium was was a thing that, you know, people weren't held to. As much like if, if you want to find a kind of modern comparison to what Duncan did in 2000, he's he's DeAndre Jordan before DeAndre Jordan. Right. I mean, essentially, David Robinson and Greg Popovich locked him in a room until he decided to stay.
1: Uh, but <laughs> I didn't really think about it that way. That's pretty much what they did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I'm mature enough to, to say there's nothing wrong with a player deciding where he wants to play his future. Yeah. Yeah. It stinks. And you have to kind of rearrange some things. But. You know, if the Magic didn't land McGrady, if they didn't land Hill because Duncan decided to leave, then, then yeah, maybe the feeling changes as, like, you know, we had him and he turned his back on him. He turned his back on the team. Like, I, I, I wrote about this on Orlando Magic Daily, you know, because he did have a kind of... He did have kind of a thing with Orlando. His, his career did intersect, and I think the Magic are still... You know, in a a way, still chasing after him as an ideal. They thought they had that in Dwight Howard, and that didn't turn out to be the case. And now they're trying to do this rebuild to be very similar to the Spurs, and that hasn't quite worked out. Uh, But I don't remember people booing Tim Duncan. I don't remember feeling any bad feelings toward Tim Duncan. Uh, The Magic still came out really well in that summer. They still had a core that they could build around, and circumstances completely out of their control changed things. And frankly, Grand Hill took most of that ire rather than Duncan. People kind of forgot that, that – I mean people kind of did and still do forget how close Duncan was to leaving San Antonio and completely changing his narrative.
1: Right. You know, there's also been a story floated out there regarding the, um, the wives and girlfriends being able to fly <laughs> with fly with the teammates – I'm sorry, their, their, their husbands or their boyfriends on the uh, team airplane. Um, if I get it correct, I believe that was almost the uh, death nail for the Magic. Apparently Doc had told Duncan's girlfriend or wife at the time that she could not join uh, the team on the team plane. Um, is that correct, or are we missing something that's, here?
0: No, that's – I mean that's definitely part of the equation. Uh, there's, there's a story that goes around a lot that uh, at one of the meetings the Magic had with Duncan, they, they were serving cold cuts. And Duncan's agent turned to John Gabriel and said – get those off the table. He doesn't eat, he doesn't eat that. And the magic had to scramble to find to like, go order Burger King or get as much food as they could to to replace it. Um, You know, little, little, I mean, a little thing like that, um, you know, Gabriel actually talked about this on the radio in Orlando the other day and said, you know, yeah, that was a thing. That was something like, but that was a team rule at the time. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, it got overblown more than it was. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Duncan was a bit overwhelmed by being doted on and being, you know, kind of sold on, on a place kind of fell in love with the idea of something new. But then when he got home, sat down, thought about it, talked it with people he was comfortable with. He realized the opportunity that still lay before them in San Antonio uh, and the comfort and success that they've, that they had already and uh, decided to just to, to stick with it. So, Uh, again, I don't begrudge him. I don't begrudge him for that. Uh, you know, in, in hindsight, I mean, maybe I was different when I was, well, I must've been, I think I was in like, I think I was like 10 or 11 at the time. Um, but it, it, it definitely was kind of a decision that, Mm -hmm. that he made. And, and I think a number of things went into it. And I, I think it was, it wasn't anything minor, like cold cuts for lunch or his, 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 uh, then girlfriend, soon to be wife, uh, not being able to fly on the on the team plane.
1: All right, we already have some questions uh, from Spurs fans and Magic fans regarding what could have been TD in Orlando back in 2000. The uh, first, I guess, more like um, sarcastic question, but it's funny, <laughs> is this is from Basketball and he says, uh, "Does Phil, he me Phil, have a time machine that we can use and never let Grant Hill near Florida?" Hashtag Team Man. Man, it, it, i
0: Man, like I said, Magic fans put a lot of, a lot of ire on Grant Hill, uh, uh, which I never understood. But I, I'll only say this: Universal Studios shut down Back to the Future. The, the 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 Institute of Future Technology was closed to make room for the Simpsons ride. So, no, we do not have access to a time <laughs> machine anymore. I apologize.
1: All right. So so so, what's with this ire? Like you mentioned right now, what's this? this ire towards Hill. I mean, he gave yeah. you a few years before he got busted well, up.
0: You know, there, 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 are a few, there are a few misconceptions, but mostly, you know, the Magic had this idea, you know, to, to, to join these three stars together, and they only got two of them. Uh, Tracy McGrady was the young up-and-coming star. Grant Hill was the established guy. And, you know, if you look at that Eastern Conference landscape at the time, there's no reason that those two players together would not have been enough to at least compete for an Eastern Conference championship and get to the finals and give yourself a chance against the Lakers or the Spurs or whoever was coming out of the West. West.
1: All right. We have another, um, we have, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead.
0: No. And so, so where the ire comes from is Grant Hill was hurt for the majority of his seven years in Orlando. I think he only had maybe one full season without any type of injury. The first four years with Chase McGrady were mired in ankle issue, ankle injuries and everyone just says Grant Hill didn't do enough to come back. Well, Grant Hill nearly died trying to come back. Like I'll, like I'm a, I'm a magic fan. I will defend Grant Hill to the, to to the day I die. He did everything he could to come back. His body just would not cooperate. Uh, And so he became the scapegoat for the magic being mediocre, not being able to rise above and eventually losing Tracy McGrady uh, because he just couldn't find his way onto the floor. And when, hill's contract did run out he did not resign with the magic for less and a lot of people blame grand hill for not coming back and and making up some of the money that they spent for him spent on him uh after that that original contract he signed in 2000 came up the bottom line is the magic didn't want him back they were ready to move on kind of shift eras they'd already had dwight howard and jameer nelson established they felt like they were they, they just made the playoffs again uh, so they they felt like they were moving on to a new era. So, again, I think a lot of the frustration that in today's day and age might have been turned toward Duncan for spurning them. I, I mean, you saw what DeAndre Jordan got when he oh, yeah. went back to Dallas. You saw what LeBron James got his first game back in Cleveland, even back in Miami. Uh, I, I have no idea what the reaction is going to be like for Kevin Durant when he goes back to Oklahoma City, but I imagine there will oh, be...
1: it's, it's going to be seething.
0: There will be some unhappy yes. people. Um, yeah. But but Grant Hill kind of became the focus of of all that because he was the guy that was always absent. He was the guy that should have been there that wasn't. And so maybe if Grant Hill were healthy and the Magic couldn't get to that championship level, then maybe Duncan would be the focus of that instead. But Grant Hill kind of became the scapegoat for for all the Magic's problems throughout the early 2000s.
1: All right, the next question comes from at T-Bone SA. He asks, and I guess your, I believe he means the Magic, because what was your main pitch? I guess I believe the Magic. He goes, what was the Ma- Magic's main pitch then?
0: Uh, you know, I think the Magic's main pitch was they, they said, you know, we've got this young coach in Doc Rivers, and we know what Doc Rivers is now. He is such a great player motivator. Uh, you know, the, the Magic were coming off a season where they literally had no one. Like they were just trying to clear as much cap room as they could to go after big-name players in this free agency class. Uh, and so, they somehow went forty-one and forty-one, like literally. It, it, they were supposed to win like twenty-five games, if that, and finish in dead last, get the number one pick. I mean, imagine if they had all that cap room and the number one
1: pick. Oh my goodness!
0: But but instead, you know, with Daryl Armstrong leading the way, they they had a couple of like key veterans. They had Ben Wallace before he really became Ben Wallace. They had like an old Chris Gatling. They they picked up Ron Mercer in the middle of the season. They finished a game out of the playoffs and finished at five hundred. Doc Rivers won Coach of the Year as a rookie head coach, and so they they came to the free agency table saying, you know, we we've got the Eastern Conference which is wide open. We've got the the Coach of the Year and Doc Rivers, a, a first year coach who is growing and players want to play for. You. He's going to motivate you to play we're going to go after Grant Hill the best you know one of the best players in the league one of the top 10 players in the league at the time probably a top 5 player in the league at the time uh, we're going to go get a young guy in Tracy McGrady as well and we're going to be set for life we're going to run the eastern conference you won't have to play Shaq until the finals you won't have to play Karl Malone until the finals you won't have to play Kevin Garnett until the finals you're going to be you're going to be set up to win championships for a very very long time in a place that's still kind of that's still a small market, which you know Duncan's personality he like you know he likes to, to be private, but has all the Florida amenities that you would want to. Um, you know I don't know exactly what the situation with the Spurs was like after, at that time. Uh, they obviously they were a year a year only one season removed from winning a championship, so it does feel a little weird that he was looking around. But you know the, the attraction of playing with so many other stars was real. The Spurs, I think, were an older team as well, if if you if, if I'm not mistaken. You know, David Robinson right. was – this is about the time people were starting to wonder, well, how much does David Robinson have left? Who else is on that roster? And so the idea of playing with two younger guys who – one of them already a top player in the league and an all-star and another who looked to be well on his way to, to doing so with the with bigger role. And obviously we know what Tracy McGrady became, so the magic gamble was was correct. Yeah. Um, it, it, it seemed like a much more appealing situation to win championships, and that's what you know. It's all about for these high level players is what's going to help me win championships. And again, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the player movement that we've been seeing of late. Is they're all thinking about how how can I win titles, and so uh, I think that was a big part of the pitch that the Magic made.
1: All right, we're talking with Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic, as well as OMD. We call that OrlandoMagicDaily.com. dot com. check it out for all things Orlando Magic. You know, Phil, let's go ahead and start playing the guessing game and the what-if game. All right, let's just say the pitch worked. The Magic pitch pitch worked. He left the Spurs and he joined the Magic. Would they have won a title with that trio or no?
0: You know, I'm not 100% sure they would because Grand Hill's injuries were still going to happen. Maybe Grand Hill doesn't push so hard to come back so soon. If Duncan's there already, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they, they're able to split the load a little bit. You know, maybe Tracy McGrady doesn't break out the way he does. I think a big reason Tracy McGrady became Tracy McGrady was because he had to carry the entire team with Grant Hill out. Um, I, if they're all healthy, yeah, I think that they probably get to get to the finals once or twice. Um, I, I certainly think they'd be better than, than those New Jersey Nets teams, um, right. you know, or at least they'd be competitive with them. Uh, but you know, the other question is: I know Tim Duncan had his own injury issues as well uh, during that time, right after signing that contract. So you know, maybe the whole gambit doesn't work out as 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 smoothly as everyone says, yeah. or as everyone thinks it might.
1: Yeah, um, and what about the fa- the fact that at that time the East was still not as strong as the West. They they only had what the Nets when the Nets were just running away with the conference during that year the, their, their heyday. They went to how many uh finals in a row during that period of time? The Nets
0: the Nets the Nets went to the finals in two thousand three and yeah. two thousand four.
1: Yeah, they were already um, were coming up though, right?
0: Yeah, I mean they were they were I mean I don't know if they had Jason Kidd yet. Once they got Jason Kidd that's what that's what changed things for them. Yeah. But I mean you look I mean you look at the two thousand one season uh, that's the year Allen Iverson and the Sixers went to the finals. And and that Sixers team was all Allen Iverson. I mean, you, you can't tell me that, you know, I mean, everyone knew that the Lakers and the Kings were the top two teams in the league at the time. The Spurs were right there when they were, if they were healthy, uh, you know, you still had Portland hanging around yeah. the top four or five teams were in the Western Conference. And then they had the Sixers, which was just, you know, cobbled together, by the sheer force of Allen Iverson's incredible will, uh, you, but you can't tell me that the Magic wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, with, with a healthy Grant Hill and a healthy Tracy McGrady, even those two alone, you can't tell me that that team wouldn't be able to compete with the Sixers uh, in the in the right. in the playoffs, wouldn't be able to compete with the Raptors, wouldn't be able to compete with the Pacers at the time. I mean, maybe they needed a big, and t- if Tim Duncan were that big, they're they probably going to the finals that. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't see another way around it. Um, that team was was would have been very good and very very talented. And you know, the Eastern Conference remained pretty wide open. Eventually, Detroit filled that void uh, for for a little while. Um, I mean, who else who <laughs> else went to the finals in that in that time? Uh, uh, young LeBron with Cleveland in 07.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, Detroit went in '04. They went and they
1: went back to back, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they went they went back, they went to, back, back. to back in '04 yeah. and '05, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they beat the Lakers '04. Uh, that's the infamous. Oh uh, yeah, they beat, that's when they that's when they had Owen and Gary Payton. The Lakers, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the following year, they met Spurs in the classic seven-game series in yeah. the finals. Yeah, and I mean,
0: I mean, you, I mean, if you look at it from, I mean, I've I've got it pulled up here on Basketball Reference, but if you look at it from the 2001 season to uh, let's say, I mean, let's go, let's go the life of that contract. So. Um, the 2001 season to the 2007 season um, was the life of that contract that Tim Duncan signed. The East only won two titles. The Spurs won two. The Spurs won three in that time period, uh, and so the East was very, very wide open at the time. Um, and and you know those two East titles were were Detroit in, 0- in 04 over the Lakers and the Heat in 06 over the Mavericks. Yeah. Uh, the East was very wide open, and so you can't tell me that a team with McGrady Hill and Duncan couldn't figure it out once to
1: get <laughs> exactly. into the
0: finals, you know, just put together the right role players. And, I mean, the Magic just – I mean, when you're contending for a championship, you have access to players that you would not otherwise have access to at a cost that you can afford, you know, heading into – with all the salary cap uh, implications that, that are in there.
1: Yeah. You know, again, still playing the what-if game. Would Duncan still have the legacy he had when he left the game? Had he gone to the Magic? I mean, probably not in my opinion.
0: I don't think he would. Yeah. And I, I really think the story that we tell about Tim Duncan is very much part of this decision. That this deci- I mean, this decision is very much a part of the legacy we tell about Tim Duncan. Um, I wrote about this for Hardwood Paroxysm that – you know, we've got this day and age where T where, where free agents are always searching for the next title and the title is ahead of everything else. Uh, and it still takes a lot of bravery to trust an organization to build a championship around you and to to when it when things look bad to stick with it. Um, we saw it with. LeBron James leaving a, a team, a Miami team that had been to four straight NBA finals. Right. You see it with Oklahoma with Kevin Durant, leaving Oklahoma city for golden state, to be frank. Um, you know that it's not, it's, it's not a, it's, it's a culture thing with today's NBA stars. They're more comfortable playing with a lot of other stars and playing together because that's how they grew up in AAU. Uh, that's, that's, that's how they grew up. And, and I, you know, whether they say it or not, they hear the chat and the chatter from the media, about legacy and about uh, about what people think about them and, and their accomplishments. So you know championships trump everything. I mean no one's gonna care that LeBron moved around because no one cares that will Chamberlain moved around to be frank. will Chamberlain forced his way out of several situations yes, he did yeah and and no one really seems to care because they, they, they his legacy is his gaudy numbers and his and the championships that he was able to finally win over Bill Russell or over whoever. Um, you know, he isn't considered a great champion for a number of reasons, but uh, no, one, no one remembers that when the Warriors moved to, goal, moved to, to San Francisco – he said, I'm staying, and they traded him to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, no one remembers how he forced his way to the Los Angeles Lakers. All people remember is what you did on the court and, and the championships you won. And so, for Duncan to at that time, at a moment when it looked like the Spurs were transitioning and had a very uncertain future, and you know if, if they don't hit on Tony Parker and Manny Ginobili, who knows what happens to that team? Because remember, Tony Parker in his infancy, they went after Jason Kidd and missed out on him, too. And so, if all that doesn't if the pieces don't fall in the right place you know we could be looking back at Duncan and saying you know he stayed in San Antonio or he could be looking back at him like we do like we did with Kevin Garnett for a while that